You are listening to the TF Cast, a Mankato-based arts and culture podcast where we hear stories of upcoming projects and get to know the people making things happen all across southern Minnesota. This episode was recorded February 5th of 2021. Hello and welcome to another episode of the TF Cast. This is episode number 31. With us today we have Sean Weigel of 38th Street. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what's going on at 38th Street, Sean. Hey, Sean Weigel from 38th Street Photographer, local Mankato photographer here. Just currently uh, photographing current events and other cool stuff. And uh, you've got that broken up into uh, 38th Street Media and 38th Street Photography, right? Can you just right off the bat tell us a little bit about the separation there? 38th Street just started as a normal landscape page, and then I started photographing concerts. So I uh, started putting everything on a separate page that became 38th Street Media. And then everything I do with current events, uh, protests, riots, uh, anything media-related goes to that media page. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's actually the the music and landscape is how I first became aware of what was going on. Yeah. Uh, two things: you were coming into Red Rocks and shooting some concerts, but most notably the pothole calendar. Correct. That's Ooh. that was the first thing where I was like, oh, I kind of like put those things together right, right there. Yeah, that was that was a really wildly different time. Like to think like that was the thing that everyone was talking about. What year was that? Uh, it was 2019 when that started. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> that was. And it, for those who aren't familiar, right? It was. It started out as just like a. There was a pothole at yeah. Burger, Burger King. King I think. Correct. Yep. I mean, and you photographed it, and then yeah, what happened after that? One rainy night, I was bored sitting at home, and I saw these couple of pages pop up about Burger King. So I'm like, I'll go check it out, and looked at that pothole filled with rain. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a cool shot, and I just posted it. And, blew up from there. I'm like, cool. Maybe then people started giving suggestions and next potholes and the next potholes. I'm like, might as well keep doing this every day for a while. (laughs) I mean, that, that Burger King pothole was really something like it describing it as just a pothole for the uninitiated. (laughs) It was like a suspension crushing monster divot in the (laughs) earth. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was no, it was no mere pothole, but that that was actually really cool. Just on account of how much got done. Like it was, it was, it was memed. And then cut out and then like it actually changed like they fixed it that was really yeah. weird um <laughs> was it the social pressure that they were I like so. all right i guess we got to yeah. handle it <laughs> over the, like the 38 piles i photographed 22 of them got fixed within two weeks of me photographing them oh, that's <laughs> crazy <laughs> that's cool that's like real change yeah yep. social change here folks this is how you do it i mean speaking of and like a, getting familiar with your work there like we actually kind of got to know each other a little bit just running into each other live streaming and um well we stay in Mankato you you do quite a bit of traveling like just tell us a little bit about some of the places that you've traveled to to do work live streaming Uh, I've been to Kenosha uh Milwaukee Mankato a lot mostly stay in Minneapolis and St. Paul area did one protest in Des Moines but I kind of just gravitate to that Minneapolis St. Paul area because that's like the heart of everything that started mm-hmm. it's kind of like a little bit important to us to like you know go with what you know too yeah. like it is it is it it kind of feels weird to like travel to something for media attention mm-hmm. like when it when it is your home it it's your thing you know right um 
But uh, what was going on in Des Moines? I didn't even hear about that one. I uh, it was just it. a small, you know, George Floyd protest. Shortly after it all kicked off, it was, I think, 40 people. Mm. I just had a friend photograph in there, and I went with him. Oh, cool. How much How much uh, did... How did things change for you during that time when you started really live streaming? Like, were you live streaming at all before? Um, no. Okay. The first time I live streamed was uh, May 26th, 27th, because it was two days after the George Floyd murder. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just went down there. I had left work. I asked my boss very politely. I'm like, I need to leave. I need to go see this, you know, because I'm sick of media telling me what's going on. I want to see with my mm -hmm. eyes. And then so I'm like, if I want to see, I know a bunch of other people want to see it. So I just went down there. My phone was almost dead. All my camera batteries were dead. So I was just lucky enough that everything charged quick enough in the car. And I just went on my way. And ever since that, I only stream if there's not many other streamers out there. Because I like to focus photography. Mm -hmm. But like, so yeah, that was my first time ever going live with anything. Mm. That's cool. Were you, um, were you tuned into other streamers before you? Decided? Not at that time, no. Okay. I didn't feel like I saw a whole bunch of streamers. Like that was a no. big change. Like I remember it, it had to have been after George Floyd where like when I heard something was going on, the first thing I would do is I would look for a stream. I would go to either YouTube or Facebook and I would go to the live tab and just type in the city. Yep. And that's what I wanted to see. Because it, it, it is, you do get to see it with your own eyes yep. to some degree. Yeah. Well, there's something really unusual about um, people not being able to go out generally and then um, a lot of people being out protesting and and a lot of misinformation about what it might have been going on yeah. in those places so being able to tune in to someone who was there was yeah i don't know like really invaluable and so i know um that's why we started doing that too around here was that like there just was a lot of uh, misinformation or uncertainty about what was happening and even for people who were there i think there was some of that so oh, yeah having a little bit more clarity for people to just know what's going on in their, in their home area. It's kind of, it's really nice that we can do that. Yeah. I always try to pay attention to the streamers that don't talk a whole lot. So that way you're just seeing with your own eyes, they show you what's going on they don't give you, they, they'll tell you just the basics. They don't tell you which way to lean. Mm -hmm. Those are my favorite types of streams. I, yeah. I agree. And especially because people of both, people of both sides need to see what's going on. Like, I know that the majority of the people who pay attention to what I say at all are left leaning, yeah. but like, I don't need to convince those people of most things. And if we were to get in an argument, like within that sphere, we would be arguing about something specific. When I want someone to come over to my side of the issue, I'm trying to convince them that like human rights are important, right, right, you know, right. like that is, that is more valuable work. So like, if I see, if I see people in my stream giving me hate, I want that kind of like mm -hmm. it hurts a little bit, but you know, they're being exposed and that, that is a, should be a good thing. I hope, you know, it's kind of what I like about my pages. I start off with landscapes and the whole pothole thing got me a lot of following. So I have a lot of mixtures of followers, very mm -hmm. left, very right, very centered and people that don't care at all. So mm -hmm. like I put that on one. And so I get a lot of talking in my threads, which I like. Mm -hmm. Did you, uh, Jacob mentioned, the the word hate and comment kind of form. Did you get any of that? Or uh, you like some toxicity? Definitely gotten a lot of hate in the last couple of months. A lot of hate. Uh, yours are yours are worse than ours. <laughs> yeah. like I, I've seen I've seen some for you where it's just like vitriol in the comment oh, section. Yeah. I get a lot of uh messages that get deleted quickly and uh, 
Yeah, to the point where I've invested heavily in protection and I got bulletproof vests, you know, your plate carriers, ballistic helmets and stuff like that when you got to go out now into some of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm. people who know who you are, you got to do what you need to do to feel safe. Yep. And I, I've seen some where people are pretty confrontational. Like I saw the one you were up at the governor's mansion for um, the line three protests and like when like somehow a group of Trump supporters had been told that there was a protest that was going yeah, on there they, too. And they, they thought both, it was like their friends. They both scheduled a protest at the same time. So like they, the Patriots started off at the Capitol and then went to the governor's mansion where the line three protest was happening. I don't think either of them knew that they were both going to be there at the same time, which mm-hmm. I did cause I follow both pages. So like I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And that there that was like an openly contentious one. Like lots of times, it's normally just people, you know, living their slogans yeah. out. But you know, there people were very close, and there hadn't been any, there hadn't really been any police presence there or anyone, you know, gating the groups off from one another. So you know, all things considered, I think that one went really well. Oh yeah. But that yeah. one, I was glued to. I was mm. like, this is nuts. And that was the first time I saw actual Proud Boys in Minnesota too. So. It was very interesting to me. I've, you know, you see them on the West Coast and the East Coast and stuff like that. And then that's when they started, when I started noticing them more in Minnesota area. Were they wearing their uniform or yeah, how do you? Black, black and yellow and usually has low insignia here. Yeah. It's the Fred Perry polo, but yep. it, was, it was cold out, right? Like, uh, not at that time. I think it was still fairly, I think probably August, I think maybe. I, I've heard about Proud Boys in Minneapolis, but like generally when I've seen counter protesters in Minneapolis, it's always mm-hmm. been, you know, like your, your average kind of like Trump supporter mm-hmm. Q person, but it, it sucks to hear that they're here and they're doing stuff. How many of them were there? Uh, that time there, I think there was only like five. I think the last time I saw them, there was a group of 30 at the state Capitol. Jeez. Uh, then I don't remember when that was, it was two months ago now, probably they, uh, walked me and a few other media people back to our cars and uh, took pictures of our vehicles and they you just didn't want us there. They followed you yeah. there? Yeah. Because okay. they had a previous engagement with another uh, Andrew McCardo out there. And then I was hanging out with him and watching him and they ended up coming up to us and starting getting an argument with him and they walked us all back to our vehicles. What do they not like about Mercado? He uh, turns away, you know, like, because we don't have protection when we're out there. So when he's streaming, he has to turn away from, you know, acts of violence and stuff like that and uh, destruction. He shows it happened, you know, aftermath, like, because mm-hmm. we don't have the lawyers, we don't have the money protecting us and all that stuff. So we're, we're independent. We got to look out for ourselves, number one. Mm-hmm. So like, if he shows that there's going to be retaliation against that. Gotcha. Mm. So like he veered away from people's getting their tires slashed at the governor's mansion. So... Oh, and the Proud Boys were like, oh, we would have liked to see who that was. Yeah, we want, you know, who it is and what it is. And, well, we knew who it was. Everybody knows who it, what group it was. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters to us. Like, we're telling the truth. Hey, it was this group. We're not going to show faces because we need to come out here to show you guys what's going on again. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to keep doing this. And the Proud Boys think it's in their best interest to have the other thing yeah, happening. Because like, we we're not informants. We don't work for the police. That It's not our job to show you that yeah that's just wild to me that they think that that would be better for them yeah. like i mean i guess this was all before the sixth and so. we we did have a few trump supporters come up to us and agree with us saying hey i wouldn't have shown it either you know it's in the best interest for everybody and for you not to show that mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. And that's that's something you got to like just keep in mind like when you're generally at a protest is like, you know, keeping people's faces out of it or not making it like too much personally. Yeah. Identify. I mean, there is just a level of ambiguity or like if you're in public out there, like it is foolish to think that the police are not taking pictures. They know who's out there. I'm a journalist first. When during the riots, I'm out there taking pictures. That's all I care about. I'm there taking pictures. What happens, happens. I won't post certain pictures. They'll go into a book maybe in 10 years, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I'm there. If your face is in there, you're not covered. It's a pandemic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I think that because that was really big right in the beginning and people were talking about like, oh, don't show people's faces, be considerate. And I I do agree that you should like shy away from like, you know, getting people doing crimes and, you know, stuff like that. But at the same time, like if you're out there in public, like it, it, it should be known that people are looking at you. There are right wingers out there taking photographs of us. And like there were people writing lists of the people in Mankato on parlor, um, names of activists and media people like it, it, you're, it is not, it is not the journalists who are live streaming like us who want positive change to happen, who are, you know, outing you to the media. They, there are people who want this to happen, but I, you know, Mm. I, I would like to see it. I haven't heard so much about that recently and I would like to know what people's perspective are on that. So you want to blow it up in the comments and tell us what you think about people's faces in videos i'd like to know more about it like most most protests are peaceful Mm -hmm. almost 95 percent of them are um even at night when people say oh it's the violence can't come out no they're it's peaceful you got one or two jerks that come out but it's it's all nice i i feel that too like you see you see people walking around in these things and normally the thing that pushes them further is the presence of police like when police start getting involved and it's like no you can't do this it's like well why can't i walk down that street right you know and that's 100 it's like all protests have been peaceful that i've been to until the police show up and then start trying to push back from peaceful protests like you're pushing back peaceful people you're going to aggravate a lot of people Mm -hmm. certainly and that's that's that is everyone i hate saying things are both sides but i mean both Nobody's really a fan of being told what to do for an arbitrary reason by the police. Um, it just seems that right-wingers cheer for it a little bit more. Right. They just they don't like it when it's them any better. I would wonder if the the perspective of those proud boys who walked you back to your car would have changed a little bit with all this pressure coming to have them uh, be or, be recognized as a terrorist organization. I heard just on the news the other day that um some i think it was it was like some european thing had declared them a terrorist organization canada canada yep and um they were like pressuring the us to do it too and obviously that's a big thing cuz you know these are i i'm pretty sure we know who's in the proud boys like yep. it's not a big secret if you're a proud boy <laughs> which sucks to be you like sorry you're an idiot um but uh yeah i don't <laughs> yeah it kind of just all started as a meme page i guess and they yeah. kind of blew it up from there. You see, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that though. Like, I think that a lot of these like real right wing groups they hide behind that like layer of comedy. Right. Like, like how far can we go and say this is just a joke? You know, right. like it. Like it's it's just believable till it it happens. You know, and I. I mean, you're. I'm. I don't even. I don't have any problem with people showing up places open carry and you know dressing in ironic costumes with body armor. Like that's that's fun. Like I think most people who are doing 
open carry stuff are LARPing anyways. Like yeah, no right. one thinks that you really want to go do that. I but, always call it redneck LARPing when I see them out there. Yeah, just... it, it is because <laughs> no one believes you. At, yep. You know, like it, we're not going like, I don't know. It, it, it certainly could happen too, but that that is the thing. It is, it's a joke until it's real and then it's not a joke and then it goes back to being a joke in court. And right. I don't know. I don't know what to do about that at all. It's way too complicated of an issue for me. Hmm. I'm just a, a measly live streamer. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to show people what's going on and go home. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you you classified yourself as a photojournalist first. Like, yep. you prefer photography to video work? Yes, 100%. Video scares me. Oh. I just, it's a lot of work for me. I just like to quickly edit my photos, get it out there and live stream so I don't have to edit anything. And mm. Like, if you if you had like the perfect format for your output, like how would people consume your photography? You said a book or a page? Uh, or? I would like to get a few books out there in the future. Mm. And what would they look like? Just, just photos. And then with a few captions, not a whole, you know, just tell them what's going on and kind of like what's going on in the world at the time on one page. And then just a photo on the next. Mm. Mm. Have you uh, been making moves to move towards that? No, I'm kind of waiting to release a lot of my photos for quite a few years yet. That way it's not so current. I don't know. I kind of mm. like that platform instead. Mm. Yeah. I, I feel like having a little bit, especially if you're not going to editorialize it a lot, having a historical frame of reference yep. for like what those photos means is kind of important. Because if you just put an image out there, different people will, you know, interpret it very wildly right. different ways. So maybe giving history a little time to breathe is a good option. Because mm. I would, if I had to go through and make a book of all the photos that we took last <laughs> summer, like... I would just want not most of them to not be, and we have thousands that we never released, you know, mm-hmm. like how, how, how do you, how do you do both at the same time? I've se- I mean, I've seen kind of how you do it, but mm-hmm. you kind of like keep the camera in a little sling and do all that. But, um, how, 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 how would you like to go about that? I would kind of personally like a rig on my back for my live streams that way that can just be up at all times and then that way i can have both hands free for both my cameras would be ideal but like right now i just have the live stream in one hand and then two cameras laying around and trying to grab them as i go interesting Hmm. i i saw a live streamer at that once he had like a very long telescoping there's a few in the west coast that do it now uh eric greatwood i think started off in portland Mm. Yeah. that's where it was it was yep. when they were uh at that uh federal building when yep. they brought in all of those uh i forget what agency it was there was that like hyper militarized quickly they they uh it was like the what was it it was that government agency that had been used to like protect monuments or whatever and then they just shoved a bunch of ice agents in there and like they oh, gosh i can't remember yeah I don't know. Hmm. they're kind of everywhere now in portland and seattle it's just it all kind of blends into the same protest eventually. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on there anyways. like Yeah, it, the media doesn't cover it anymore. and It's it's, it's chaos every night. It's <laughs> Interesting. The, mm. the kids push forward, and then the police push back, push forward, push back, and then everybody goes home. Mm-hmm. And then same thing happens next night. Interesting. I think they're all outside of ICE every single day now. Well, I mean, as they should be. Like, I... The, I don't, I don't know, electoral <laughs> politics, but I am right for all for all of the the immediate changes that have been signed upon. I would have liked to see a very 
big change in the way that we're holding people at the border, you know, like the quality of life for those people should have just instantly jumped. If you want to be the human rights candidate, which I mean, I I didn't believe any of that anyways, but here we are talking about (laughs) something that's not that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, Gosh, what got you into photography anyways? How how did this all start? uh, I was originally doing graffiti in New Almy on their legal wall. Mm -hmm. And uh, a couple of buddies like, well, take a picture of this, take a picture of this. And then, started taking pictures of trains and stuff like that and just became like, Oh, can I get better light here? Can I get a better landscape here? And then my buddy, um, passed away two years ago. I think it was yesterday. Now, uh, told me to get DSLR and start doing this for professionally. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then year later, I'm like, I'll buy one, you know, we'll just get this over with. And it kicked off from that. And then the Mankato area roller derby asked me to come take pictures of their team. So I did that for a couple of years and just kind of blossomed from there. That's cool. I never, I never put together. You're from Newham? Yep. Originally. That's where I'm from too. Yeah. I didn't know that. Ugh. Yeah. I just checked out the, uh, Jacob took me by the, uh, graffiti wall the yeah. other, it was, it was last the other summer. year. Sometimes there's amazing work there and sometimes it's just, it's just random garbage. Yeah. It's a cool spot for anyone who has I really seen wish it. Mankato would have one. Yeah, there should be. We have so yeah. much wall. Like, I don't right. understand why we don't have one. It seems like the kind of thing that you can just snap your fingers and make it happen. Yeah. Like, someone just needs to... Like, I don't understand why they didn't make that building out by uh, Red Jacket Trail Park there, that big brown building they have out there. There's a lot of graffiti inside there, then they closed it all up, and so you can't do it anymore. Hmm. Yeah. We've been a nice location. Oh, everyone's away, and... Or just like one of the one of the walls that's not visible from the highway. Yeah. You know, from the Mankato side, you can see it. There's all of that, you know, river wall. I think that that would be appropriate. But then again, it's kind of, it's like corrugated kind of. Is that the right yeah. word? Corrugated? Mm. Like corrugated cardboard has the... Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. But when you get a legal wall, there's a lot of trouble that comes with it. You get a lot of people that just write horrible things on there. It's a lot of upkeep and I understand it. It's, Mm. A lot of people are the drink down there and get in trouble. And I suppose, but there there aren't any places in Mankato that people are notorious for drinking at public. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing another one couldn't be a problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it, landscapes too. Like that's a little bit that's a little bit odd. I hate landscape photography. But I you, love it. You've mentioned that you like it. Like what, what draws you to that? I like the quiet, the peacefulness, just going up by myself and sitting there for hours and just watching everything fold. Like just watching that sun come down, trying to find that perfect composition. I, it, I'm a loner. I like to be alone a lot. So like just going out and four hour drive and just sitting in one location for another three hours is joyful to me. Hmm. The way you make it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> so like this weather right now, it's negative. So I love it because it's just quiet. Mm-hmm. Everything's so quiet out when it's so negative outside. Temperature wise, I lo- it's so peaceful to me. Mm-hmm. Well, where, where do you normally go to take some landscape? Anywhere. Like you'll see me walking downtown Mankato here and find a nice landscape or uh, go to Red Jacket Trail Park. I went last weekend just for a walk. It's I try to find be- uh, beautiful scenery in every location I go to. Yeah, I I noticed on your Instagram, I shared one to our story. It was like a it was a photo of that was just downtown here, right? Yeah, there's quite a few of them from downtown. Oh, there's right. one downtown. Looking up at the Perfinium building, I was like, I was like, I think I know that, but I've never <laughs> seen it looking so cool. And I guess that's the art of photography. Yeah. But then there was another one of the the Hubbard House, or, or I think yep, too, right? Yep. After, so I love fresh snow Neat. on everything. So I make sure I try to get out every time there's fresh snow. Mm-hmm. 
That's like no footprints in there at all. No car tracks even. It's so beautiful. I saw some, there was one that was like an old piano in a field of sunflowers. Where was that? Uh, That one was in Dayton, Minnesota. A guy runs it off, fish sunflowers. He had like 20 of them pop up sunflower fields and then he would put different props in, in Northern Minnesota. So like I traveled to one almost every weekend for a while there. Interesting. Oh, he just puts the props there yep. for photographers. There was boats in there, yeah, because there was a big photography thing, is senior pictures and a couple, of, you know, engagement photos and stuff like that. I did my best landscapes I could do from there. Oh, awesome. Normally, I think when someone's dumping a boat in a field, <laughs> the first thing I don't think is landscape photography, right. but yeah, I suppose. <laughs> well, when there's sunflowers all around it. I saw a bunch of photos from that uh, place. I, I assume there's a couple, but... Um, yeah, it was really neat to see all those sunflowers just like stretching. Mm-hmm. And I had some really yeah. good mornings going up there too. Really good sunrises and sunsets later in the day. <laughs> I got pretty lucky. That's awesome. I, I, every time I'm up for a sunrise, I'm always like, wow, it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, right. I should photo- photograph this stuff more, but don't catch a lot yeah, of Yeah, my nine so. to five doesn't allow me to get many sunrises. <laughs> yeah, if I'm up for a sunrise, I'm like, damn, I need to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the way to do it. You just go out for a late late night cruise, catch the sunrise. That's and... what I usually did too, is like, it's a Friday morning, don't work the day, that day. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't sleep Thursday night then because I get off at three in the morning, so there's no point in sleeping, so I just drive wherever and hope mm-hmm. for a good sunrise. That's solid. There's something uh, beautiful about the the landscape around here, where you get a nice, a nice like foggy sunrise coming mm-hmm. over the the fields and the like forest with the barn. And I've I've seen a few. I've never captured one, just like I imagine it. But <laughs> um, I've seen a couple when I'm driving. It's very nice. Yeah, I've taken my car down many gravel roads around here, and it's just pitch black when you leave, and then really sunny when you go home, and mm-hmm. it's. I love it. I love it so much. That's cool. What's uh what's like a interesting place that photography has taken you? You wouldn't have expected it. To? Uh like I got a photograph Vikings games really early on in my career. I was a horrible photographer. Just horrible, but I made some good friends with the team, so got me in there and did training camp for wow. two years straight and That's awesome. And that was the training camp still here? Yep, that wasn't training. I was I had an open invitation to come this year then COVID happened so like mm-hmm. couldn't really mm-hmm. get passes in there yeah sports photography seems like it would be really difficult to yeah. me like I like faster than a walk I'm probably not going to capture it <laughs> <laughs> ideally like when you're in that position you just take the photos get the composition and exposure right and you hand it off to the editor that would be great to me mm-hmm. but I gotta sit home and just edit everything myself for hours on end is mm. yeah well, you probably get a lot of bad ones, so oh, it's helpful. Yeah. You can just <laughs> delete most. Right. It's a nice thing about digital photography is you can just delete, 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 and it doesn't matter. You ever shoot uh, shoot film? I've tried. I can't get the hang of it. No. I just I like that feel of digital in your hand. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. I I was at the thrift shop a while. I've never told this story on the podcast, and I'll just throw it out quick. Um, I was at the thrift shop a while ago. Found a f- film camera. Bought it for like 50 bucks, had a bunch of lenses and a couple of rolls and very quickly learned that you can't shoot low light <laughs> and that turnaround is awful, especially when you're like shooting a concert and you, you don't want to wait two weeks and they turn out just awful anyways. But it did get me into the camera thing. So then right. I bought digital. And yeah. The, 
Very the last cool. year of uh, sound set, I went to go photograph. Um, I took, I just bought a bunch of disposable cameras and I went out <laughs> there with that just to have fun. They ended up turning out pretty awesome. That's I, cool. Uh, got them on a CD and then edited them all on my computer. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the other thing that's kind of like odd about it. You just end up popping the CD. Like every time I've gotten any kind of prints, I've just immediately wanted to put them into my computer. Anyways, like, oh man, I just took the long road. Right. Like, <laughs> Should have just. Yeah, I think I waited like four weeks for that CD to come in, and I'm like, well, I have all my sound set photos on my website, and they have them now. Like, I'm just waiting for them, waiting, and <laughs> it's that's why I like digital. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really nice to be able to. Well, and. I guess the other side of that is it's nice to have 30 and then you just, you get what you get. And so you get some like nice imperfections that you might edit out in digital, but make it through in film. But yeah, yeah, I mean, people clearly like it every, every time we show up, there's the, there's the news guy around here who runs around with a 35 millimeter camera too. Yeah. He just started doing that. There's someone else too. Do you know the, the other guy who's, uh, does that? He's got... Well, the Mons- he's an Monsoor. MSU uh, Monsoor. Monsoor, yeah. 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 He's cool. He's got he's got a film camera. He always shoots. Yeah. He's got some really nice ones of protest, too, and just a yeah, I really enjoy variety his work. of stuff. It's cool. Um, I've been able to meet a lot of the, like, photographers and media personnel around here <laughs> this last, this yeah, last summer. Yeah, there's so many dope photo- independent photojournalists around Minnesota in general. Like going up to the cities every weekend, you just meet these so amazing photographers. It's, I love it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really cool. It's been an, it's been a really interesting way of connecting with people yeah. with, with the like, cha- kind of chaos that's been happening recently, where you've got um, unusual circumstances that bring people together. Right. <laughs> but sort of sort of fun in in a way. Mm. Well, you. Oh. Got any more pressing stuff, or you guys want to start wrapping it up? Any plugs for the website? Uh, my website's trash. Don't go there. <laughs> I haven't touched it in like three years. But uh, just hit me up on Facebook anytime you got something going on that I can show up for. It. Very cool. Yeah. How well, do you how do you how do you source gigs? You you just uh, watching the news and yeah. I belong to a lot of groups that post things, and so like I'll just. Like there was four events today that I possibly could have gone to, but I think a lot of them postponed as well for the weather. Mm-hmm. But like, so I'm taking this weekend off. Next weekend, there's an event up by Duluth for us, uh, like racing on skates. I oh, uh, skate cross or something like that. Oh, oh like when they're like cool. ice skating through yeah. the woods. Yeah. Or is it through the, it's, it's the like, city one? It's like how Red Bull was in Crash Ice. Yeah. yeah. yeah but they changed their names. So now it's something else. And it's, I've always we, wanted to ride that course. Yeah. It was insane. It's, I went there a couple of years ago in St. Paul. It was so cool. Looks scary. That does sound cool. <laughs> but I think next major protest would be uh, Derek Chauvin's court case on March 8th. Mm-hmm. be up there mm-hmm. yeah that's gonna be wild i mean they're they're having a big conversation about you know whether or not the city was going to fork out extra money for the police yep. presence there and you i know. think there's uh the senate's debating on it right now actually mm. as we speak more to follow <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much for joining us on the podcast and thank you for all the the work you do for mankato and surrounding areas yeah. i know that a lot of people really appreciate that. Thank you for having me guys. Yeah. Yeah.
Thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes for this and every episode at triplefalls.org. Thank you.